Hello and welcome to This Week at the Movies. I'm Matt. I'm Eric. And we're swinging into action as we look at Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which last week Eric asked the question when they first marketed it, uh, they said Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. They have obviously subsequently changed their mind. It is still Part 1 in the same way Affinity War is the first part of the Avengers Endgame. But the next installment will be called Beyond the Mm Spider-Verse. So the Part 1 has dropped. Now we're going to have the trio of Into, Across, and Beyond. So uh, Into the Spider-Verse came out in 2018. Among the creators were um, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Uh, and I didn't know what to expect. Uh, at that point in time, we had seen three different live action Superman franchises get off the ground. Uh, and it was like, do we need another new franchise? Turns out we did. Uh, we get introduced to Miles Morales. Uh, very fantastic animated film, had a great soundtrack, had a very unique animated style, ended up winning the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature that year. Is one of my favorite uh just superhero movies will set aside, let alone animated superhero f- films. I don't know how you felt about it, Eric. Absolutely floored by the first by by Into the Spider Verse. Like absolutely, I, I was I was as shocked as anybody else going into it. Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are are extremely talented, uh, creative minds, and when what they do works, it's like better than anything has any right to be. <laughs> so. And when it doesn't, Ron Howard takes over. Ooh. <laughs> we had to put it out there. Well, it's been five years, and I don't know about you, but I wasn't sure I needed a sequel uh, to Into the Spider-Verse. Um, sometimes sequels build on the franchise. Sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh but, you know, we knew we were going to get this one. I was curious to see what they were going to do, if they could recapture the magic. I'm sure you were as well, Eric. What did you think of Across the Spider-Verse? I think not only did they recapture the magic, but it's something that they're studying and getting better at, and it shows. I <clears throat> don't feel like I have any right to talk about this movie. It surprised me so much. I feel like it 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 is astounding the emotion weight of things that are happening in this movie, the gravity that characters get, despite there being infinite characters. Um, I, I, I almost feel like it's impossible for me to explain. It's like trying to describe a color to somebody, you know, like describe red. Well, it, it's not blue. It's <clears throat> there's just something incredible. The voice cast is stellar. The music is great all around. Uh, every distinct art style that is brought to it gives like a balanced weight on the screen to the others, so that it never feels jarring looking at one character moving in a certain type of animation and another in a like another hand drawn, different painted sort of animation, like. I, you never lose focus on the flow of things. I don't know if it's the, it's the direction combined with the movement of characters or what it is, but I think they do a really good job of writing a line that I'm worried about um, where Spider-Man is a special thing. And the idea that anyone can be Spider-Man is a particularly special thing. And 
we are now up to three movies where Spider-Man is just everybody. Like there's a multiverse of infinite Spider-Man. And we are now, we have the original trilogy, the two Andrew Garfield, seven total, two of the Tom Holland, where Spider-Man is just Spider-Man. And then you can arguably add in Civil War and some of the other ones. But I'm just saying, we are definitely going to get at least one, possibly two more of Spider-Verse movies. And I'm a little worried that if you take the character of Spider-Man and just turn him into the superhero that is involved in a multiverse then you change the nature of what Spider-Man is and decrease what's special about it for other people. But that has definitely not happened yet. This just made me like think that at times. Gwen, Spider-Gwen, Ghost Spider, whatever you want to call her, she has such a touching story that I feel like maybe could have had... I don't think that needed to be paid off in this movie. But I, I am absolutely happy with what they did with it so you know every and that that's every single thing i have to say about the movie anything that i'm worried about or have anything negative to say it really doesn't apply to the movie it's just successful on all chords and it's a hard two thumbs up from me yeah i i was really impressed uh with what they did um too i think it's a little bit of a different film it's not introducing the idea uh i like the the fact that they you know they were the first ones really to explore the multiverse which is now taking over the mcu and in this movie they sort of come back and like hip checked it to the nth degree like retconned all of the mcu in there we have some live action pop-ins we have a lego version um you know we see some of the other sony spider-man um properties pulled in if you're paying attention, they very much referenced the multiverse of madness and no way home. Um, so they talk about a crazy professor in New York and another Spider-Man who are punching holes in the multiverse. So you get all this kind of in the same way that no way home tried to bring all the versions of Spider-Man we've seen since 2002 together, all the live action versions. This one just brings all the versions of Spider-Man we've seen on the big screen since 2002 together. Yeah, probably ever. Um, I like the way that we get a little bit more of Gwen uh, and her backstory and her family. There was real thread for what I'm going to say are the three kind of focal Spider-Man, Peter B. Parker, Gwen and Miles Morales with their families and where they went from this adventure where they kind of became friends and I think it's also this one in particular takes up the thread of free will versus predestination. Um, and that is a huge piece of the, the final act. And we're going to see kind of that payoff. I just, can you say that slower? Because you're talking about an animated Spider-Man movie for kids. And yet it tactfully tackles the concept of free will versus predestination. Well, and I'd ask you, you really think it's a kid's movie? Well, arguably. I don't think there's any kid who's going to be disappointed with their time in the theater. Like, I think it would be their introduction to... But it's a kid's to... movie in the same way Infinity War or Endgame. Yeah, I'm not saying a movie yeah. made for kids. I'm saying how do you balance that level yeah. of existential crisis with being family-friendly? And... To, to like earn that it's not just something you're saying like but if you do that the whole multiverse will collapse they could have just said it 
you know, but you feel the weight of his decisions because they drag you through paying attention, playing on what you know of Spider-Man, the character and his roots and his past. And they, you, you, you give this like different sort of identity to different characters. Like Gwen is normally a canon character to like the Peter Parker, Spider-Man who has her own fate absorbed and they haven't quite addressed yet that her character is, is, only shades away from what Miles Morales' character is. And they just established something so cool. I don't know. Like, I feel like I, it's it's just incredible how much how much weight there is to something that's like this. But anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoyed the, the back and forth. Um, you know, the idea of... Uh, that we're probably going to see tackled a little bit later this month of when you make changes, what does it do to the timeline and what are the ripples? You know, Miles is confronted with the ripples that he's created, um, both by becoming who he is, uh, the collateral damage from his first big adventure and what that means not only for his world and for others, but at the very end of this movie, he gets dropped somewhere where he's literally confronted with, what the world would be like or what the world is like for people who are stripped of something because he gained something. And there's, it asks a lot of questions. I, you know, at one point in time, I was like, are they actually ending this? Cause it seemed like they were rallying towards some kind of a conclusion. And I thought they did a really good job of faking you out because as soon as they mentioned where miles is, I was like, Oh yeah, I saw that pop up. And that's right. You forget at the beginning, they tagged you with what earth he's on, Um, you know, and his moment of finally building up to something with his, with his mom just wasn't a mom. And there's, we've never, we've never to my memory actually had the scene where Peter Parker or Miles has to say, I'm Spider-Man. Like it always comes out somehow, but we've never had him own responsibility for sharing the secret. And he did it. He still has it. And it's, I can't, I don't want to explain too much of that because that was a twist that hit me so hard compared. Like I I haven't been in a movie and been that like gut wrenched over something having got twisted and turned in a movie because I was so ready and they'd so earned and I was so waiting for what happened to happen so that like reveal is so kind of sinister and then the music that they're playing while Gwen is walking on the ceiling after that it's just like paranoia of like like what is gonna happen what does this mean like nobody know like oh I can't Ha, I was I'm over I'm over the moon about this movie. I can't I'm I I mean I also gave it two thumbs up. Unfortunately, we're not going to have to wait as long for the re- resolution cuz it's supposed to be next year. I don't know if it's summer or they might do fall, so you have 12 to 18 months probably of separation, but at least it's not the 5 years. I forgot that Into the Spider-Verse was so long ago. But that makes sense. It was it was pre-pandemic. It was there's so many of these things that were supposed to be like coming sooner yeah. that just didn't. It's only three years away from the live action Cinderella, and it's five years away from us now. 
That's weird. That's that's a that feels like I slipped into the Matrix glitch. Something changed. Not live know. action Cinderella. You're gonna have to let that go. That was a lot longer ago than you realized. No, it's not as long as go as I thought. I thought it was like a 2010, 2012 movie. So when it uh, when I was like, whoa. That's all right. You can just uh, start bracing yourself. I don't know if you saw the tweet I sent you, but apparently Disney is uh, hoping to turn those live action Lion King movies into a franchise that rivals Star Wars. Okay, absolutely mini tangent. Based on what? They've already tried to do the Lion King animated sequels before and watch that trail off into pittance. Who is saying that people want this? I forgot until Ricky mentioned, but uh, Barry Jenkins is directing Mufasa. <laughs> well, uh, we both love Spider-Verse, but we uh, we would be remiss if we left without touching on the fact that if you like the Spider-Verse movies, there is a wonderful world of animated superhero movies for you to dive into. We're going to touch on just a couple of different ones. You get genres of all shapes and sizes. Uh, the first one we're going to touch on is The Iron Giant. And uh, Eric, I know you were super pumped about this movie, so I'll let you take it away. Well, I, I picked The Iron Giant because it's not your conventional superhero. This is sort of a, a love letter to the history of superheroes, even in the 90s when it came out. Because this is, I mean, he looks like he's wearing the helmet of the Rocketeer. Like, this is such a touch to, like, old, like, 50s alien monster movies combined with a Superman story voiced by Groot, Vin Diesel himself. And so there's just enough DNA of a superhero in it that I wanted to to talk about, like, a hero story. We are so used to, like, attributing superhero with the costumes and a few typical tropes of it that I really wanted to go back to how powerful this movie and the choice to be a hero is. Because in this story, you don't just immediately go and go, and, oh, there's the superhero, so they're supposed to save everybody. You know, that that choice is muddled and confused and earned and and uh, this is just an incredibly powerful story about you know a child hogarth who finds a friendship with a, a robot that falls from space in the woods and i don't know where he comes from and the journey of him trying to hide that robot the military trying to find him and the climax of the movie especially it's just it's simple it's a the artwork is like i want to really badly i want to see the fake monster movie that's in that movie about the brain in the jar that comes out but anyways i just i like everything about like those people and that individual story in that world so well yeah. You know, it has a pretty incredible voice cast. You touched on Vin Diesel, Harry Connick Jr. is in there, Jennifer Aniston, uh, Cloris Leachman, uh, John Mahoney. And it came from Brad Bird, who um, is going to be the director for another movie we'll talk about in a minute. But also, if you like live action movies, did uh, the fourth Mission Impossible movie, Ghost Protocol, I mean, has had a career. I also want to think, you know, Vin Diesel is going to be just remembered for... Um, being a steroid abusing car driver uh, after these fast and furious movies. The dude was in, I, I mean, in the late nineties, he was in saving private Ryan. 
He was in a voice actor for this movie. Did a whole bunch of things before uh, Cars just you know dominated his life. And people forget he is Groot, the beloved Groot, in so many Marvel movies. Uh, his residual checks just must be something to see. Uh, I mentioned Brad Bird. One of the probably more underrated uh, superhero films is this Pixar edition, which is The Incredibles. Um, I've always enjoyed this. This is actually one of my favorite of the Pixar movies. I've been doing my uh, favorite superhero movies countdown. I had The Incredibles in there. Um, you know, I like the humor. Uh, I like what they're doing. I like the first movie a little bit better than the second movie, but they're both good. Um, what Brad Bird does with the animation, the fun voices, the story, it kind of riffs on superherodom. I think it works really well and very, you know, kind of fun for the family. I just don't understand what Marvel's doing, not giving a pile of money and driving it to the front of Brad Bird's house and asking him to be the one to do Fantastic Four. I don't get it. I know we've we've seen that he can do it. <laughs> yeah, like and and he just understands the nature of like the the mysteries of the cosmic, the function of a superhero in a community and as a family. Like he he encapsulates so much about what's important about that family. Like I don't understand why his name is not even brought up next to it. Like you know it's it's very weird, but. Brad Bird, yeah, there there are some movies like Tomorrowland that some people look at and they just kind of like dismiss. But I just think, you know, the, everything about this movie, the music, the uh, choices of location for the characters to do what they're doing, Edna Mode as like a function of the story, uh, the relationship of the villain and the hero is like a very interesting choice. Like, I'm sure that's been done before, but like, the way that like it grew up and you know you come into that relationship is just it is unique it is, i think it's probably my favorite i think of especially of the earlier pixar movies i really can't think of a pixar movie off the top of my head that i like better than the first incredibles toy story 3 toy story 3 is very emotional very and 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 be, but I think it's partially because of what it's earned over other movies. I don't know if I put that movie next to this movie, would I want? When you you're know. sitting there as a twenty-something-year-old, uh, late twenties guy in a theater trying to review it, trying to sit by yourself because you're a twenty-year-old, twenty-eight, twenty—I don't remember. What, did it come out in twenty ten? Yeah, dude, I might have been thirty. No, I had to have been late. I had been twenty-nine you know, in the middle of a Saturday afternoon trying to find a place where I can sit to both enjoy the movie and not come off like a creepy man in a by himself at an animated film. Sure. But, and I'm just crying. You know, I'll probably always remember that theater experience. It, it was just such a beautiful that there's another one. They may have marketed that to kids. That is not for kids. Yeah. The emotional no. resonance of that film is not for children. Um, when they I, hold hands the whole oh, the whole ending from from the moment you see fire through the whole ending of the movie it's like the movie was blurry in the theater because it had to watch it through tears yeah i'll be curious we have elemental coming up a little bit later this summer we'll have to talk about our favorite pixar movies because i i need to go back and look at them i feel like i'm in a short that'd shrift be, one um that'd be an interesting episode but, uh, you know, Brad Burt has not actually directed a feature film since The Incredibles 2, which was also in 2018. Oh. 
Stop. See, that feels like a long time ago. Like, I, I mean, it Spider-verse does. feels like yesterday. You know, I, you, you mentioned Tomorrowland. I actually kind of like that movie. I don't care. I've heard that it's like underrated and I've always wanted to try it out. I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's on Disney. Plus. Yeah, it's Damon Lindelof. I was pretty sure it was Lindelof doing the script. And you know what? You either like Lindelof or you don't. And yeah, I do it. Yeah. Lost leftovers. The live, uh, the Watchmen, the series. Yeah. Prometheus. Those are all Damon, Damon Lindelof. I like all of those things. (laughs) I know you, I mean, it's like hearing you like a bunch of songs and then learning they're all made by the same person and then going, Oh, I guess I'm a fan of this person. So our last one we wanted to touch on, you know, when you get to some of the DC uh, animated, those are really more almost squarely for adults. Um, They have made some really compelling things that you don't think about with animated films. Um, We we discussed possibly doing The Killing Joke, but we settled on doing Batman and the Long Halloween, which was uh, released over two parts. Um, I think technically came out two years ago. Yeah, it says 2021. It um, did. Is a really fascinating, um, darker, grittier Batman. And I think you touched on they're using this as the inspiration for some of the Batman too. Well, if you remember, um, October 2021 was the original release date of the first Batman, but mm-hmm. COVID swept the world. And uh, you'll notice that the animated feature, which can pass between studios with a little bit less of needing a crew to be on a set and doing whatever, was released around that time in 2021. And it's it's serving as sort of the basis, like it's one of the heavy inspirations in the comic for The Batman and The Batman Part 2. And so I thought if we were going to talk about superhero movies, what better way to round out what goes on in animated superhero-dom than to talk about that darker DC, you know, Edge and and Batman. One of the like, if you put Superman, Spider Man, and Batman, those are probably the three highest grossing characters in canon, like at least for superheroes. So, and Batman hasn't been to the multiverse yet. I don't. Well, actually, he did in Batman Ninja, but I don't want to talk about that movie. So, um, they have a couple of animated because I actually watched um, Flashpoint Paradox. The animated oh yeah film to get ready for uh that's right the flash is about to take us into the multiverse with the gc yeah yeah batman is going into the multiverse okay um i'll be honest i didn't know what to expect when i was going into uh the long halloween i have you know i probably haven't seen as many animated uh superhero films as some other people but last year i kind of started to do more of a a deep dive i'm actually looking at um you know i do countdowns every year one of the ones that i'm going to do in 2024 is looking at my favorite animated films so i was kind of diving in the other thing if you subscribe to it used to be hbo max now it's just max um they have a incredible library of the DC uh, animated features. So that's kind of how I started diving in. I had seen a few that were interesting. I um, I enjoyed the killing joke. I guess enjoyed seems like the wrong word because it's kind of a 
kind of a dark story, but I mean, I was pretty impressed. So, but Long Halloween just narrowly missed my top 50 list. I had it on there for a while. And then a couple of things, you know, when I rewatched, I just made some tweaks, but it would have Long Halloween part two in particular probably would have been number 51 uh, on my list. Just, I really appreciated the style and I liked the gritty storytelling if you enjoy the gritty kind of storytelling of the Batman or some of the darker edge DC, some of these animated films really touch on that. There are other animated ones in the DC world that, that I've really enjoyed too. I've always liked Superman Doomsday, one of the few that I, I purchased when it came out. And so, and you've seen like that story get portrayed in um, in part in, in the Snyderverse version of Batman versus Superman, the Dawn of Justice. Um, but I really, you know, I enjoyed the long Halloween. Now it's, I think it both parts are streaming on max now. Cause that's where I, um, I watched it. They also have a huge library of stuff on there. So, you know, between that and Disney uh, Disney plus, you can find a lot of these different kind of animated superhero movies to dive into and enjoy. And if it's not a genre that you had ever done before Spider-Verse, which was kind of a little bit like me, that was a little bit why I didn't have huge expectations for the first into the Spider-Verse. And I was blown away by what I saw, and it made me want to dive in deeper. If you feel the same, those are a couple of streaming services where you can see all kinds of different offerings. There's something about uh, adaptations of superhero movies that I think in our brains, we want to see them come to life. And I think we feel like seeing them come to animation is like a halfway step for that, where it's like you're not really fully seeing, you, you know, you take a comic panel, you animate the comic panel. It can be good, but it doesn't have that idea of like you want to imagine that these things can happen in a real world. And so I think they get massively underappreciated because we forget that the core of it shouldn't just be just be the fantasy and the escape of it, but that it's it's a good story to tell. And I think this is a good range of showing you the power of the story that is being told with that medium. And yeah. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us uh, this week. Hopefully uh, you go out, check out Across the Spider-Verse, check out some of these other animated features, and you have some time. Uh, we will not be having a show next week because uh, one of us, and that would be me, will be in Alaska on a cruise ship. Uh, but when we return, we will we will attempt to transform as long as neither one of us went back in time and altered the future. That's right. We will be looking at the Flash. And... Transformers Rise of the Beast, which <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised to see by runtime is just under two hours long. Maybe they've realized that the Michael Bay orgy of special effects at two hours and 50 minutes just isn't working for them. That's that is more exciting to me than many things I've heard like that. Uh, you tell me a movie's under two hours this year and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to see it like I, that's yeah. Uh, and you'll get your chance. Transformers opens on the 9th. The Flash opens on uh, June 16th. We will be back on June 18th looking at both of those films. Until then, we'll see you at the movies.